0: Welcome to If the Walls Could Talk in Buffalo podcast with Don Purdy, former member of the Buffalo Bills front office, 27 years, and Josh Cormier, a member of the coaching staff under the Wade Phillips regime. And we are here, as always, to talk with you about the Buffalo Bills of 1990 and, of course, 2022.
1: Welcome to episode fourteen, Don. How you doing? I'm doing well, Josh. Uh, how about this bi weekend uh, weather? We just yeah, it was great. I spent all day yesterday in a basement watching football. I, okay, that was an option <laughs> you, you accepted. I'm sure you got out there a little bit. I mean, yeah, I did. I, I did for yeah, after the early games, but uh, I, I went. To, I went to my buddy's house and he's got the whole seven TV set up. And t- and the, the early games yesterday were awful. Yeah. They were they you know, and it was one of those times where if my boys weren't going to their friend's house, we probably. Would have done something, you know, family wise in the weather, but they had already made plans to kind of go on a play date and they were outside all day. So I'm like, well, this is I, I can kind of escape and go watch, you know, three hours of, of, of football and yeah. get my get my fix. But no, it was, was, it was good. ugly, it was ugly well, football.
0: It was, but it's funny you mentioned that too. You, you went obviously where you got the Sunday ticket or yep. you know, whatever. Yep. yeah, yeah, because still I went to Channel 4 and CBS, Verizon, they still. No games. No games. They didn't show the Bills game last week, or wow. this one. It was just um, okay. They're still having that labor dispute or whatever. And next, and Sunday night is obviously NBC. NBC. So that was on. So I, um, my. It's funny. I was out. I I was late in scheduling a pool closing, and and yes, our Florida friends, we have to close our pools up here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. It just time slipped away. So the the first date I could get was the twenty fourth. So I I. I you can see maybe half the leaves have dropped, but, you know, the pool is pretty full of leaves, but it was a beautiful day to do that. But Amy took a picture of me and put it on Facebook, and she said, uh, oh, she said, Don's getting out 2,000 tons of leaves. Wow. And she goes, you think anybody will notice? the two? I, She goes, a ton is, I, whatever, it's just funny. It was an exaggeration. My dad texts five minutes later, so... Uh two thousand tons I'm coming out <laughs> next week. Trying yeah, Try to have like a thousand tons done for us to be that's <laughs> fine blower. But for a Bills fan, it was it was dialed up, especially if you're you know, if you have a house and I mean let's face it, we're getting toward that back end of uh you know, that, that window of weather. Like it was a great opportunity to, to, to
1: put stuff away. What and- uh what what did it look like <clears throat> for you on the bye week during you know, your time there? They were precious, yeah, but especially if you had won
0: previously. Did you get a Did you get the weekend off? You'd get. Um, Let's Thursday. talk what you get off, off, and Friday then what off. the
1: players would get off.
0: Um, it was yeah. Uh, the players. It, it depended on the head coach, of which a theme of the show going back through all those years <laughs> is that we had way too many. Yes, so it's hard to remember. There was no consistent. <laughs> yes, um, but we would almost always get the Thursday and Friday of. The, the in between the weekend itself, yeah.
1: Okay, so you get Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off, yeah. Okay, yeah, it was great because you don't get the weekends off obviously during the season no. either, so no, you, so you get a four day, day, yeah, you get a four day break, a four day, a 40, and the players would usually. So we saw Josh Allen was at the Padres, uh, Phillies game two, oh, really, in San Diego on Tuesday. Oh, okay, so I'm assuming that you know, Coach McDermott gave him the whole week off. Um, we, we had that happen too, the
0: one. <laughs> When we played in London, um, I remember Rex told the team. You don't have to say that they lost. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, it was a heartbreaker. Uh, but I remember, yeah, there was it was something about he had already promised to give him. I remember there was a buzz in the building that we were like, ah, oh, if, if we win, he should just give him the whole week off. And I remember like he just gave him the whole week off anyway already. And we were kind of thinking, ah, I wish he could have held, dangled
1: that carrot over. Yeah, because 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 when there was a good win during the season on a the non bye week, they would give the players Monday off mm-hmm. because the typical schedule is you know Monday was you know obviously rehab, so anybody who had to come in for rehab would have to come in whether they're on or off. Oh, yeah. But then you'd have like film, and you some weeks you'd have like a walkthrough. Yep. Um, just like a like a. But, but you'd have to be there and I can remember like twice after a win you'd get Monday off so so in the locker room after mm-hmm. the game if you're ever hearing some of the coaches like post game speeches every once in a while even now you'll hear some random guy in the back Monday off Monday <laughs> off <laughs> you know it's just kind of throwing it out there because then you get because then the players you know, like, universal day off is, is Tuesday. So, right, so, you'd right. get the Monday and the Tuesday. Now, for somebody like in my position, it meant nothing. Exactly, it meant it meant nothing. And so, so you guys, so even if the players had the week off, you guys, front office guys, would, we would never get a week. You, you'd uh, get Thursday, no. Friday, but Saturday, Thursday, Sunday. Friday,
0: which which we really held in uh, high regard. Like a lot of value that was that was nice. To, that was that was a large chunk of time to have. Compared to what you had, you know, any other time of year, really. Get to
1: reintroduce you yourself to your wife and, and, your, and your and your daughters. Yeah. And
0: all oh, there was a honey do list, that's for sure. So, um, but uh, yeah, it was a great, great weekend. And uh, it, it's funny though. On Friday, I have to I have to fess up. I, I think last time I talked to you on the phone, um, and for listeners, we, we kind of share duties with the podcast, and you do uh, some of the like the early editing and, and putting together. I kind of have it on the back end. And so, full disclosure, when we interviewed Bill Brooks, which folks, go back and listen to that interview. it's uh, We're talking about a true professional right there. Um, but uh, I had made a mistake. I had asked him if, I, for some reason in my head... You I accused was, him of being a scab, Don, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> I, am, I was sure he played in the strike game in 87. You accused college. him of being a scab. Essentially, I did. And, and then it, it burns me up. It, my, I'm mad at myself because I... I You and I hardly prep at all for anything except for the guest. I I do to the extent that I know them. I rely on memory and maybe an anecdote here or there. But otherwise, I I try to you know come up, do my homework, come up with questions. You too for um, that are that are relevant, that will be interesting, and they enjoy answering. Which he did. He followed up uh, with me after the interview, and he said, "He goes, I really appreciated you guys asking me about my early days." Good, good. He, he yeah, says, thank you for that. That's like, cool. Yeah, yeah, he's a really
1: so, nice, really nice man.
0: Yeah, he was. But
1: uh, works for so, a terrible football team right yeah. now. But he's really nice. They're <laughs> hurting. Oh yeah, they're gosh, bad. Yeah.
0: But um, so I made that mistake, and he's like, "No, I didn't play in that." I, and he very politely said, "I didn't play in that." And, and you immediately said, "Hey, we'll cut that. We'll cut." Yeah. that. Yeah. And so I. Thought it would be easy to do. This is going to get easier. Uh, We'll talk about that down the road. But right now, we're still doing it. My intern, Chuck, was nowhere to be found. (laughs) So I thought I had it where I... With the program, the software that you use, it would be easy editing. It's the first time we really had to do that. Um, So I had it. I thought I had it fixed. It took me over an hour. And I did. I got it fixed. I told you. And then when I put it together as one... I sent you the yeah. version with the error in it. So it posted. You put it on post. So I'm like, oh my gosh. So I, I apologize to you. So I went back, and I, um, I, uh, I, but but in that process, I went on YouTube to try to find the way to correct the software. And I, I was thinking of uh, you're what Kyle Murray went off on, mm-hmm. on his uh, King, Kingsbury okay, he yes. told him to calm the f down this is beautiful <laughs> i was doing the same thing now i feel i can empathize with with murray because he was in real time yes but i but even on the youtube videos I was. I kept rewinding and rewinding. The guy was like, "Well, just click here. Boom, boom. Yeah, tool here, or you can do this." I'm like, "Not or yet. I didn't even see how you could do it in the first place." And I had the benefit of being able to rewind it, and it still didn't help until I went to like page two of a Google search and found this guy that just broke it down slowly. Calm the f down. Uh, Calm the f down. (laughs) Yeah, no, that was great. Let me. You
1: know what? That that totally unexpected. Give me a time when you were in the office and completely flummoxed by something you know maybe not all that important hmm. or kind of random you know i mean you, you were dealing with some complicated things you know salary cap oh, yeah. you know work uh, claims uh you know agents what what whatever like give me a give me something that you know w- w- stressed you out okay. like well yeah there there were
0: in general this happened a few times um i can think of something when i had uh, director of football administration duties my last 12 years that were contract-related. Re- um, and uh, early in the ticket office, here's two quick examples. So the first one was anytime there was a contract done in the office, uh, I and <clears throat> Kevin Meegank were two of the people that had to construct an electronic contract. So okay. all Jim Overdorf mostly would do the negotiation. We would assist with that. But when it came down to sending it to the league, the league mandated it that it was done in a, a uniform way by every team. So when it comes in electronically, they upload it, and every contract looks the same so all the other teams can see it on this website that only two or three of us So it's like had a
1: boilerplate contract? Yeah, okay.
0: yeah, but it had to be perfect. It okay. had to be perfect, and, um, I rem- and it had to be done – by if if the player was to practice the next day or play, um, it had to be done by four o'clock Eastern Okay New York time. Not four o'clock and thirty seconds, not four o'clock and one second. Yeah, it was time stamped. 3-59-59. yeah. And if it wasn't it was not valid for that day. Okay. So there were times where the contract would get agreed to agreed upon, signed at like Three o'clock, and if it was a
1: complex, contract, did you have most of it already kind of like ready to go?
0: Ah, uh, it depended. There were there were times where you know the agent would say, "Hey, you know, you throw in this incentive, and, and we got a deal," and that would get done, and it would come out of nowhere. So you have to create this in, and find incentive language to use as a template, okay. put in the actual numbers in whether it was likely to be earned or not. Okay, and so you had like an hour. Less yeah, an hour sometimes. Okay, yeah. and if it wasn't done, they like coaches. They didn't care. It had to be had to be done. Right or right. You You're were, just expected to get your job done. Right. and yeah. They didn't care how difficult it was. <laughs> yeah. And that happened multiple times. Okay. And I I had to be either close my door or for some reason if I didn't close my door, if someone would come in because I didn't think of it, I'd, I'd have to. I hated to do it. Just be rude and say I'm sorry I can't talk right now. Right. In fact, can you shut the door? Okay. And I would sit there literally sometimes sweating. <laughs> And Did you ever not get one on time? Um, it Yeah. I don't remember the consequences being that bad because if it was during the week, we were able to get it in the next day and then have the player practice in the afternoon. And somehow we, we had a paper trail that showed that we were compliant. Okay. But there were, there were, it, it was still... It was pressure. Yeah, it was still time. When I go back way early to my ticket office days... This is how tickets were usually purchased. They were purchased at a window, by phone with a credit card, or at a window. A lot of people wanted to just come in to the ticket office sure. to a window. Yep. Hey, show me a chart yeah. What's available. Yep. And they gave yep. cash. Oh yeah. Especially during playoffs. So there was one time that the tickets were behind us, and on the on the counter, um, and I was just in my first or second year and uh, trying to make a good impression. And uh, I remember the guy put his cash down through a window. There's like a two inch slot underneath the mm-hmm. window. And um, he put it there. I went to get the tickets, came back, and the cash was gone. And I'm like, Sir, where's where's the money? He goes, I already paid you. Uh, said, no cameras.
1: No, no cameras, no. right? I was
0: like, no, sir, I didn't I didn't take the money. He goes, I'm telling you, I already paid you, man. What are you trying to do? Get in this big fight. And he insisted that he paid me. And I remember in the back of my mind that someone At the other window, didn't see it, but they kind of caught it peripherally and heard it like a slap on the counter where he had taken the money and pulled it back. Oh, wow. But you couldn't prove it. It was his word against mine. Right. And so. And you're a young guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a few hundred dollars. Yeah, sure. So he, we had this dispute. And finally, I had to go back and get Jerry Fram, my ticket manager. And he hardly ever did this, but he said, have that guy, bring him back to my office. He brings him in. There's a window. You could see, and you could see the guy sitting there, and explaining the whole thing. The door was closed. Couldn't hear it. And all of a sudden, Jerry he let him talk. Yeah. But then he, in in my defense, he's like pointing at him. He's like, "This guy who works for me. Is yep. so honest. He would never do that. Get the hell out of nice. office. Right? Like like And, and he told. And I, I had to feel little, good. It, yeah. He had my back, but at the same time. Man, I was always so careful after that because if they had my back like that, I i didn't want to let them yeah. down. And it was just. It was,
1: and it's weird that, like,. It was the, horrible. The, the, like, especially when they're good. Like,. Tickets are like an emotional purchase, right? Yeah. It's, it's it's different than buying, I don't know, groceries or whatever. Like I, I'm sure you dealt with a lot of like heated people. Oh, yeah. in the ticket office just from. Yep, and we were like,
0: Lieutenant Boiler, where are you?
1: <laughs> boy, do we get some mileage? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> our boy, yeah. our boy. That's great. Yeah, that that's like going back to your you know editing story and all. Like yeah. there's there's a lot of it's funny how you know you look back at those days of, of like the high pressure environment i mean that is oh, like the high, you know you're not we're not we we were not players but next next best thing like that whole competitive environment the whole the whole thing there every day every week it's it's i mean it's either you or them well
0: and here's what was at stake you are so right let's say it's, let's say it was a linebacker or say let's do it. okay it's in in the middle of the season you lose a couple of safeties during a game. We sign a free agent safety who's you know a veteran three four five years, but he plays played in the league. He he can come in and fill the gap, and so but he doesn't know the system at all. So what your what's at stake is if you don't get that contract in by three fifty nine fifty nine your time. That like, guy can't practice the next day. And you're gonna the linebacker coach or the de- yeah. coordinator coordinator's gonna say, well, Wait, huh? Yeah. He's only got two days. And he doesn't want to put hear him on the field. He doesn't want to no. hear
1: that you know, the program doesn't allow at three twenty. <laughs> they don't they don't care. No. no. They don't care. And you then were, it's then it's on you. You were right there. You
0: were in that
1: Yeah. It, it, the coaches the coaches don't care. About about basically the vast majority of them that I dealt with didn't understand technology, didn't want to understand technology. Now, now I was there twenty years ago. Like I'm sure a lot of the new school guys, yeah. the analytics guys, they clearly know. I would I would dare to say over half the coaches on the staff when I was there could not operate a computer in the most basic way. Yeah, and let's say it was going back to that was 2000. That was two.
0: yeah. Oh man, I got a great a boy. A boy, a great. Especially with our next guest coming up at the end of the week. Henry Kuntu, I'm spilling the beans here. Just we got on this path I didn't expect to, but uh, you just gave me a great idea. Okay, we're gonna do it later in the show.
1: Yeah, so (laughs) Um, so so it just it the pressure and the you know you walk in there and and it's it's weird because everybody's you know friendly and everybody's it's cordial, but you're also it's not a typical environment because you're competing against 31 other you know teams that want to ruin you they want to beat you they want they want you to lose and them to win and that goes all the way down to the cafeteria staff like like you're just you're in it together but it's just such a pressure cooker that and, and you're literally that week you're competing against a whole other group of people Who are spending 90 hours determined to destroy you, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, their their livelihood is dependent on that. Yes. And
0: another thing that would happen, too, you could send the contract in at 340 and feel pretty confident it's right. And all of a sudden, call waiting Uh, comes up and you see a 212 number, New York City. That's the league office. And I knew it. This is bad news. If
1: they wouldn't call, if there was something that they didn't. So, is there someone? Okay. So, have you ever been to the league office? Oh yeah, several times. Okay. So, so what happens in the league office? Like, is there somebody like sitting there? Oh, yeah. Th- okay. So, yeah. so do you alert them that there, a contract's coming?
0: You, you don't have to alert them. You send it by email, and then you get when you when the email goes through, you get a return confirmation that they received it. Okay. So yeah, like a
1: receipt of the a time receipt, that you exactly. sent it. Exactly. Okay. Yeah.
0: And so <clears throat> it's called the management council. And they're as scary as that sounds. They're scarier, okay, because they were lawyers, and and it was their job that they would uphold. They took a lot of pride in in fairness and equity, making sure their contract was correct. Um, they never wanted to be blamed for favoritism in any way. And if there was one piece of language that they didn't agree with, and again, it would come back and all oh, the Kai Harley at the. At the Who's now with the Saints? Who now we're friends? We joke up, but I said, "Kai, you, you stressed me out every time I saw a two-one-two come up. Sure, he was like ah, uh, you've got to change this and this. This is not compliant with the CBA. I'm like, change it. All right, all right. it's it's three forty-one.
1: Right now, did you have to then go get approval from Jim uh, I had to or go to him and
0: tell him, and then he and then he would have to call and tell the agent? Ugh. So you're playing way, telephone. This is, this is not likely to be earned or not. Even. And and so at that point, it was almost. At least then I had an excuse like, "Hey, the league didn't agree with this. It wasn't my fault for being inept." Right. Right. You know, it was. Right. It, it was a language dispute. Right. But it was still very stressful because you knew those the coaches were going to. Would you
1: off. say that like that kind of situation happened once a month, once a, every week? Um, like, are you, you they weren't oh, no, signing guys week. every
0: week? No, no. I mean, oh, we did. We signed. We pulled guys on and off the practice squad all the time. Right. But they were super simple contracts. Right. Okay. Um. The of contract we're talking about here is for, you know, a veteran like Xavier Rhodes who signed earlier this year. Everybody forgets he's still on the team. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good example though. A guy with you know five six years of experience that um, you're going to have to throw him some incentives because he's in demand from other teams too. But um, so eh, eh, two or three times a year, okay, it, it would happen where you you'd be put in that. Uh, that stressful situation.
1: Okay, I got you know what this is, I don't know why this popped into my head. And correct me if I'm wrong because I feel like this happened it's it's kind of a blur. I remember when I worked merchandise department and and you were like my my boss. I think didn't I take a check to the Chase Bank in Orchard Park from the TV contract? That sounds right. And it was for like $25 million. It probably wouldn't have been paid all at once, but I would. I think I would it was like paid. three, I think it was three installments. Sure. And I think there was, I think the teams got 75 million total from wow. from the, I, mean, I could be wrong, but okay, <laughs> you're, you're helping me. I remember yeah. one time walking in, you're like, you need to, could you go do this? You know, you were busier than me and it was off season and you're like, could you, and I always like to just get out, you know, drive to the bank, whatever else, and oh, you yeah. handed me yeah, yeah. a check. I want to say it was for twenty five million dollars, <laughs> like literally. It could have been. I it, it, it's. To seventy five million for like the TV, like the rights in in nineteen ninety eight sound. You know what? You know what it might have been. It wouldn't have been local TV rights. It before. was the national
0: rights. It, oh yeah, it would have been. Um, yeah, it would have been maybe the the one thirty
1: second of of the the league T V money. Yeah, and it was like and it would have been cut a check into, back then and it was yeah. cut into three parts. Sure, it would have been in a check back. Yes, back then and I'm almost positive that it was like twenty five and I just remember walking in and I'm like I am like I and you don't have a phone, so yeah. I couldn't take a picture of it then. But I remember I called my mom and I'm like, You're not gonna believe this. <laughs> I'm literally holding a check for twenty five million now of course there's nothing you could do with that thing, yeah. but like it was unbelievable that you're walking into a bank. Bank with a check for twenty-five million dollars. That also reminds me. Do you know the story about Rob Johnson? Uh, did you tell me this story, uh, or did I hear this story <laughs> from someone else that he left an uncashed check? Oh. Your cat in his locker. What do you mean, cat? We're in a, we're in a beautiful <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have beachside somewhere, studio. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? Do, do you remember that story about how he had left? Like his signing bonus check uncashed. Uh, you know what? Uh,
0: yeah, and I, I actually gave him that check. I remember Jim over. I was going to camp for, and I didn't. I wasn't at camp all the time. Right. Um. I was back in the office, and it was great because you can get a lot of work done. Um. I went to camp to see Bud Carpenter and do some invoices and try to get things, some things paid. But I, I didn't have to stay there. I stayed there occasionally. But I remember I was going one day, and Jim was like, "Oh, you're going to camp? Yeah. Here's a check for Rob Johnson." It was like. It's like a million dollars. Yeah, it was
1: like a part of his signing bonus. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. After taxes, and um, I remember. I assume he knew it was coming. I assume his agent told him it was coming. But still, I remember handing it to him, and it was like I handed him a piece of gum. That's
1: it. Yes. <laughs> that, okay. I knew yeah, I, I knew like, that story, what? but I didn't remember how it went. I, he was just yeah. so eh,
0: yeah. cool. And it was funny too because when I when I did the gave I was working the per diem. Um, For the the road games, everyone would get pretty on there. You'd get 45, 55, whatever the CBA was, but it was cash. The players always wanted cash. And I remember every time when Marshawn Lynch was on the team, I'd give him a envelope with fifty five bucks cash, and he was like, "Oh!" and he would kiss the envelope, <laughs> like he, like for all the money he was making, he valued that so much. But Rob Johnson was, oh, thanks, dude. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, right. I, it's it, it's amazing. Like, I guess I just it kind of popped into my head because it's it's just everything there is just amplified. Everything, yeah. whether it's the pressure, whether it's the money, whether it's right. everything is amplified, and just the idea of getting a check for twenty five million dollars to cat to, to, <laughs> to, to deposit or it's big business, Josh It's it's, it, it, and it's it's yeah. even I mean it's way bigger now. I I mean oh, yeah. obviously way bigger now. Yeah. And now they wire everything and
0: another thing, Josh, watching football over the weekend, um a couple of the storylines that were kind of surprising around the league uh were were strengthened and that's the AFC East uh teams winning again and they're clearly Better, at least the records show that so far. And uh, the New York team's both winning again.
1: Yeah, the New York team's uh, kind of timely with uh, your interview, that, or that article that you just did for uh, Buffalo Rising.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, like, I, I was happy they picked it up, and uh, uh, Odyssey did as well. That's Um, awesome But uh, of course We got a little plug in there About the uh, podcast But uh, it would seem well received
1: Yeah Yeah, we ask everybody You know just to please follow us At If The Walls Could Talk In Buffalo Podcast On Twitter Which is IFBuffalo Uh, You know Spotify Apple Or wherever you get your podcasts We're really excited about You know where we're going And and how fast we've been growing We uh, likely have a a pretty major announcement About the podcast coming In the next couple days And maybe a little bit of like Reformatting And and kind of changing things up and, And growing quite a bit quicker. Uh, We're going to hold off on that until we know for sure, but uh, good things ahead, Don. Yeah, yeah. Good things ahead. So I know that you have uh, a question for me. Uh, You know what? I do. Let me formulate it a little bit more in my head and let's
0: do it after we talk to Jamie Mueller because it's a good one. So we are joined by former Bills fullback Jamie Mueller. Uh, Jamie uh, <clears throat> attended Benedictine College, went right to the NFL, played 57 games for the Bills, including starting at fullback in Super Bowl 25 for the Giants. Of course, we talked about uh, for the Bills in 1990, this week being the game against the Jets where it came down to one play, and we're talking to the man who made that play, and we're hoping he kind of remembers it. <laughs> How are you doing, Jamie? Jamie?
2: I'm doing
0: good, thanks. All right. Uh, yeah, I,
2: I actually, uh, luckily, I do remember it. So good,
0: good, good. We're going to get into it. We're going to break that down. So uh, we even found an old quote from you right after the game in, in a book that I that I had. So uh, where are you calling in from?
2: Uh, Kansas City.
1: Okay. Oh. Oh, did, did you go to the game?
2: Oh, no. Heck no. I wouldn't subject myself to that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, uh, man. I, mean,
2: I, I had uh, one of the news stations came out. I think it was ABC. Um Last year, before the Bills game, because you know, obviously, I was rooting for the Bills, and uh, it was an interesting discussion, to say at least.
0: <laughs> yeah, the uh, why well, you're originally from that area, though, right?
2: I actually, I'm originally from Cleveland. I went to school out here. Okay, Benedictine.
0: Benedict- so okay, far. got it. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of Benedictine, so maybe take us some. Um, you know, to to your end, ending up there in college, and and uh, from your journey there to the Bills, uh, uh, tell us about that. It sounds it sounds like an interesting journey for sure.
2: Yeah, well, it's what's super interesting, which I didn't know about until literally after my playing days. Is you know, my father was a World War II vet, huh. and I'm I'm the seventh son of eleven children, and um, so 7-Eleven are my lucky numbers, but. Uh, <laughs> My my, I was going to go in the military because I, you know, I was I was a really good student up until like fourth fifth grade and I just kind of you know almost started kicking in and I just didn't want to sit still. So you look like a marine. Oh, well, mine is but that?
0: You look like a marine.
2: Yeah, right. And that's <laughs> kind of what, what I felt like. But uh, anyway, my, my dad was was adamant that I that I not do that and um, but he was very quiet about it. So what he did was you know, he knew I had talent at football and he was a heck of a football player himself in Ohio before he went to the war. And so he started sending my film out and unbeknownst to me. And, um, you know, I went to a number of schools, including some, you know, um, some, uh, D1 schools, small D1 schools like Akron, Kent state, et cetera. And, uh, but I was still planning on going to the military I didn't want to go to school, so long story short, I um, my dad was sending these films out at his own his own expense and um,
0: he was he taking and, the film himself.
2: No, no, he he, he had a, he, he got a hold of the head coach at uh, my high school and, gotcha. and he basically had had him reproduced. Okay, so the the him. high
0: school's film, but he he went to the coach and got the film, and you didn't even know it.
2: No, I had no clue. Interesting. Yeah, so so anyway, that's how I ended up at Benedictine. And um, you know, the, I met the head coach, and, and he reminded me of one of my older brothers. and I'm like, yeah, this is the place. Where's where I'm going to go? And uh, hmm. you know, I always felt, always felt like I had a chance to play pro ball. It, it, I didn't, it didn't matter. I was at a small school, and um, it turned out to be accurate. And yeah, you know, I was very fortunate, be, you know, for my father to be able to do that.
0: Yeah. So you were, you were. Uh, I saw. I think it was in college or in the NFL, maybe. Uh, you know, hitting the weights like crazy, one of the strongest players in the NFL. Was that something at, at Benedictine that you were stressing, the weightlifting in that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was, I was a bit of a gym rat. I mean, I, I, in retrospect, I wish I would have probably done a little more cardio. I probably wouldn't have gotten injured, hmm. but that's a different story. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was always gifted with strength and speed. And, um, you know, I, I, I used it to my advantage as best I could, you know.
0: Yeah, so then, um, so you're drafted by the Bills in uh, the third round. Um, what tell me? What do you remember about that?
2: Yes, yeah, so, that, so that was, I, you know, I think what solidified me getting drafted as early as I did in the third round. I think at that point there were 12 rounds. Um, was I went to, I got invited to the combine, and I'll never, I'll never forget. I was at the combine. Jim Harbaugh. And I got picked up together. Hmm. And, and, man, man, you talk about, like, the difference in, in, <laughs> in attitudes and in um, kind of, like, he, he, was, he was PO'd because there wasn't a limo picking him up. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, wow, man, this is hilarious. And, uh, anyway, I, I was just happy to be there, as you can imagine, right, coming from a small school. Was
0: it at Indy then?
2: Was that? Was it in Indianapolis then? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it, was. Yeah. it was. I think it was one of the first or second years that they did it there, uh-huh. and um, I, I read it out really well. I mean, you, I'm sure you could look look it up and and find find the stats. Um, and and so I think that's and then the Bills traded up so they could you know ensure that uh, that they were able to pick me first in, in that third round, or, or it was actually the second third round pick that the Bills had. And so that's you know, that really solidified it for me because I did really well at the combine and you know, I matched up well in in all the, you know, physical talents and physical abilities. So um I,
1: really I...
2: solidified it. Being drafted,
1: I have the media guide in front of me here, and it says that you uh, basically it was the the pick that the Bills traded uh, for Joe Cribbs, who uh, you know had had a good NFL career. Uh, they, they traded the pick. Uh, they traded Joe Cribbs to San Francisco, who traded him like a, you know the second choice, you know their second choice in the third round to pick you up. I like to ask a bunch of the guys who we've had on, like what was it like when you found out like the Bills were calling in '87? Like were you sitting at home and, and telling nobody to answer the phone that day? Like how did you? Was it on TV, like the third round, then, like, how did you find out it was the Bills?
2: Yeah, a great question. Um, so, I was in my dorm room with a bunch of friends, and um, you know, it's a small Catholic school, and so I actually had to get special dispensation to have my girlfriend at the time, <laughs> my wife of thirty-four, five, well, on thirty-five years, mm-hmm. to come up to the room to be with us and hang out. You know, it's, it was it was comical in that respect. And then we had guys at each corner of the second floor of the dorm and they were watching to make sure nobody was on the payphone because that's the only phone number we had. Wow. We, never had, we <laughs> had a phone in the room. And so, uh, one of my buddies had to kick off a couple guys from Micronesia and he said, these guys just, for Shane's students, super nice guys, and, think, and he was a big guy, and I think he scared the life out of these kids.
0: I can you had a left uh, tackle at one door and the right tackle at the other door, and...
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly right, and so, uh, literally, within about 15 minutes of that, as soon as they went off the air, um, Marv Levy called, All right, and then he put, then he put Elijah Pitts on, and then... Uh, yeah, I was, I was so excited. It was so it was so cool. The, the entire dorm just erupted. Cool. And uh, it, w- it was a lot of fun.
1: Were you the first player to ever be drafted from that school?
2: You yeah, know, there was a guy back in the uh, '60s or '50s, I believe. His name was Irv Comp, and he was a um, Green Bay Packer. Hmm? But uh, outside of that, you know, they've, they've had a couple guys go to camps since, um, but but nobody's made it.
0: Yeah. So you're on your way to Buffalo. <clears throat> what was the what was the uh, adjustment to, to Buffalo? I'm sure it was your first time here.
2: Yeah, well, it, probably the biggest thing was I mean we had we had a you know we ran the wishbone, so it, it was a pretty simple offense that we ran, and um, there wasn't. I mean we we had a lot of uh, signals for kind of pretty much everything we did was signaled in from the coaches in some format or another, and. Uh, so the signaling piece of it was, was pretty easy to acclimate to with Buffalo but but the um, all the variations of all the different plays, you know, that was that was quite a bit for me to to, to consume and take in and, and educate myself to the point where I was confident. And then um, and then really the biggest thing is just the speed, you yeah, know, which mm-hmm. the game the game, you know, is so much faster in the pros as you guys know and it was very evident to me. Um, like everybody's so talented, you know? And so it's, uh, you know, you're not going to get by with just strength. You've got to definitely learn techniques and you've got to learn, you know, to be a smarter player. And, uh, much more so than, than what I had to do at Benedictine.
1: So in 1987, your rookie year, I, I'm, I'm looking here, and it says that you had six kick returns for 93 yards.
0: I saw that, too, and I'm trying to, if you could recall seeing, like, you know, second-string corners being sent downfield to tackle you, yeah. like the fear in their eyes. That would be terrifying <laughs> trying to tackle you on a kick return. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's pretty
2: funny. Well, you know, here, here's, the, here's the funny thing, right? So, you guys remember Jim Ringo, right?
0: Yes. He was before I got there, but he, he was a, a legendary coach. I heard his name all the time.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, he was the O.C. And and, you know, and Elijah Pitts, those guys both played in Green Bay together. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it's interesting how, how the games evolved, right? And be, it, It's my understanding, you know, back in the day, during Jim Brown's era, you know, the fullback could do it at all. That's why they call him a fullback. Mm. that back could do half of what a fullback could do. Mm. And so, it, interesting, like, if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. But nobody ever really explained that to me. And so, I was, you know, when I got drafted, it was kind of in that transitionary period where, you know, I was thinking, geez, maybe, I, maybe, I just, maybe I'm just supposed to be a blocker. And, you know, you, you kind of, you kind of, have a, a little head game with yourself, right? Sure. And um, so, I, I think I, I got up to over after my rookie year. I put on like twenty pounds because I was I was so beat up after my rookie year. Hmm. I was so beat up, and uh, I had I had two broken bursa sacks in my knees. You know, my my you know, my, I broke broke my hand. My elbow was messed up. Had surgery. And so I was just like I got I got I got to do something different. So I gained some weight, and then I was kind of became this like you know a bit of a bruising, uh, typical smash mouth fullback.
0: And, uh, the um, epitome of you, you're like uh, straight out of Hollywood. What's the what's the um, Adam Sandler movie with uh, the, the prison? Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, he, yeah. He, yeah. Was a Stone Cold about. Austin plays the fullback. Uh, the, the longest oh, yard. longest yard, yep. yeah 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 that's, that's you could have you could have stepped in and played him <laughs>
2: well, yeah that's that's pretty funny but uh yeah so so the, so then so, so that 80, 80, 89, 88 89 I'm, I'm like playing at like 230 plus you know and I was me down I'm getting my ankles rolled up on it was like it was like night and day I felt like I was I was I mean I could block a lot better because I had more weight but you know, I mean, as far as the rest of my game, it wasn't great. And so that's when I go into the 1990 season. I, you know, I lost about uh, 15, 20 pounds, got down to 219. And, um, you know, I, I actually, rest, the strength coach is time Rusty Jones, who's now with the Colts again. Heck
0: yeah. We interviewed his wife last week. I'm still close with Rusty, and we're hoping to get him on the show maybe during the Colts bye week uh, in December.
2: Oh, nice! Yeah, he's a great guy. He's yep. a great guy. Um, so, Rusty actually uh, he he timed me in the forty because I've been running hills all summer long. And this was right before camp, and I ran I ran a four three two and a four three four. Oh, wow. and then I think I ran a four a four four.
0: But, well, what um, did you uh, run think, at the combine?
2: I, I think I, I just was like a four five. Okay, five ish. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's uh so i i felt like wow and i had I had a really good really good year that year i mean like when i when i was playing um you know obviously i was a special teams guy when once thurman came on board and uh and, and became more of a blocker at that point but i, I felt like wow i just, i finally got back to where i need to be and um you know and then you know we had we had a the first Super Bowl run and then uh, yeah. that next preseason I, you know, I got injured and that was the end hmm. you, you, you don't think it's going to happen like that you know you think like wow you, I'm, I'm hitting on all cylinders here and you know I'm ready to go this is awesome and then going into that 91 season boom just
0: it's like t- that it's tough man Over. it's a tough I've been around a long time it's a it's a cold game numbers game but uh, we, we still want to unpack some things here um, you know with the 90 season which of course is uh, was a special one and and, and t- Josh is going to G, All right, I got, I got,
1: I got, I got a blast from your past here, Jamie. Uh, you, you said after the game against the Jets, this is the last thing I ever expected. But when you get the opportunity, you have to make the best of it. I'm blocking weak side and looking for one of the linebackers to come. They both dropped off, so I was able to find an open area. So if Jim needs help or it's a scramble, I try to get in the open field so he can throw it to me, and that's what he did. So can you kind of talk us through that play and, you know, basically that game in general? We're, you know, obviously in week six uh, of the season. And, you know, kind of what were your thoughts, like, you know, during the game and then after that play? Like, wh- wh- how, how how big of an adrenaline rush is that? And just to set the
0: table, the, the, the drive is, this is it. I mean, the, there was only a few seconds on the clock. Um, teams down four. This was clearly the final drive. And maybe the final play. I mean, it was the final play, but I don't know if there would have been another one if... uh, But anyway, yeah, please.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, though, it's... um, You know, every every, uh, Friday we would do a scramble drill. And, um, you know, the deep receivers come short. They go shallow. And then anybody who's, you know, who's in the back that's blocking and doing checkdowns, you know, goes deep, which, that's me. So... You know, I, 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 I'm in there. You know, I think I I think I checked a couple guys, um, you know, off the line, like maybe left tackle or left end, whatever. And um, then I'm looking at Jim, and, and I see him scrambling. and So I'm like, uh-oh, here we go. So I go deep, and, uh, you know, it wasn't that deep, obviously. It was only like a 17-yard play. But, um, yeah, honestly – I wasn't even that open. So I, And Thurman wasn't in the game at that point. I think he was injured. Hmm. And and so, that's probably the only reason I was in there. But, um, yeah, Kelly's looking and he's like, you know, oh, shit, Mueller's open. <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, I mean, I've never, I, he's throwing, oh, by the way, I've never never dropped a pass that Jim threw, threw my way. Beautiful. So All I was,
1: right.
2: not a single one. Now, it's not a lot of passes I caught either, right? But, you know, I don't know. You guys can check the
1: stats. You had twenty-eight. You had twenty-eight career receptions, and I actually, after you're done with this, I want to ask you about your career long of thirty. I'm, I'm curious about that play if you remember it after you're finished recalling this one. Oh yeah, that, that
2: was in, that was in the Jets
1: game as well. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. So anyway, so, so yeah, so uh, it, it was pretty surreal, you know, to have that to get, to get an opportunity. To, to win the game in the final seconds and to be a part of that and um, and to be ready to, to take advantage of it, right? And mm-hmm. and, and that's exactly right. I, mean, I, I spent the entire offseason because I had heard, I heard a couple, a couple of people say, I think it was in the media, they said, you know, Mueller's not, not the best, doesn't have the best hands. Well, hmm. I mean, it wasn't 100% true. I mean, I, I just didn't catch the ball a lot and, and wasn't exposed to that much. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to prove these guys wrong. I, I caught 100 balls a day in the offseason.
0: You said you At broke least. your hand yeah, in your rookie year, too. You broke your hand?
2: Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. And, and um, anyway, so that uh, that prepared me for that moment.
1: Yeah, and Marv... To it, to co- Coach uh, Coach Levy after the game had a quote saying that today Jamie caught the one he had worked the whole off season for. I was gonna ask you, but you just kinda answered that, that obviously the coaching staff, you know, realized the work that you had put in.
2: Yeah, for sure. No, it's uh you know, I, I, I would you know, I gotta believe that, you know, Mark would, Mark wouldn't have me in the game. Um, they would have had probably another third receiver in or another tight end or something that they didn't think I was able to catch it. So um that that was it was a uh, kind of liberating moment for
1: me. How many, be honest with us, how many times have you watched that play?
2: <laughs> well, you know, I, I've only seen it a couple times.
1: Really? Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, uh,
2: yeah, I mean, it's not like, it's not like as an ex-player we sit there and watch our-
1: it. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, I remember
0: yeah, so my I, vantage point. I've
2: seen it probably a couple times.
0: Yeah, I remember, I was you know, at the game, I was in a press box, and uh, the play was going from, my right to left because you caught it in the scoreboard end and uh when the when the ball went in the end zone you know everyone stood up or was already standing up just out of anticipation and I couldn't see who caught it all I saw was all the all the players you know Bill's players celebrating and uh all of a sudden I, I could hear the announcement because I was in the press box and that it was you and you stood up and oh, I was just so happy for you it was an awesome play and it it really um it was a pivotal Pivotal game. I mean, 1990, because the, the you were chasing the Dolphins, and you would have the Dolphins the second to last game of the year with Frank, and um, were able to win that game and and secure home field advantage for the playoffs. So uh, fast forward, Super Bowl 25. Um, you got Benedictine fullback starting in Super Bowl 25. What what are your memories from that?
2: Well, I mean, it, you know, that that, that was a, a bit just, I mean, because I was the starting fullback that year, but, you know, obviously, I, you know, most of what I played during that game was special teams and short yardage, that kind of thing, but um, it, it was pretty, it was pretty awesome, you know, I mean, I, I, felt, I felt like during that game, you know, it, it, back then we didn't really we got rated out but we didn't really get rated out if you guys know what i mean i mean yeah. back then there wasn't you know you got a nine out of ten there you got eight out of ten
1: whatever yep
2: um uh, and, and they should have had that back then but they didn't <laughs> so but i felt like you know i could i did everything in my power to you know to do the best i could when i was in and um you know, I think we came up we came up a little bit short on um, uh, a quick bin uh, block uh, up the middle. Uh, I, I don't think they had instant replay at the time. But then the next play, you know, we, we had a Don Smith running in for a touchdown mm-hmm. big, um, off off of one of my blocks, and you know, it was it was awesome. But at the end of the day, you know, you can only do what you can do as an individual teammate, and um, felt like I did everything I could. Um, but we came up short, and that's that's the toughest part. And, and and that's that's as close as the Bills ever got to winning the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, it's right? it's true, and and I mean to the extent that uh, you know it's history, uh, and everyone knows it, and and uh, but to the extent that obviously you had to stay focused on football. Uh, but what what about just general overall the experience in Tampa? The you know you, you have you have uh, you know with your father and his his military background and the Persian Gulf War going on what you, I know you couldn't take it all in but to the extent that you could feel that what was it like
2: well I, I, it was palpable i mean i i I'll just say you know i, I was near the 50 yard line when uh, Whitney Houston was singing the national anthem right mm. before the, the fighter jets went overhead and it was and i'll tell you what it 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 was just it was binding it was unbelievable mm-hmm. it really was and and it was electric because the fans were red white and blue for both teams right yeah and so it was it was uh, it was special in that regard and you know really have, having the war ongoing and um, really give, gives you such a great respect for our military and 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 the job they do and putting themselves in harm's way and um, you know, I think we were all really grateful that uh, we were just playing football and we had the opportunity to play football because of those, those folks in the military
1: Amen. That kind of yeah that's, I'm that's, that. that's really well said. I guess you, you've been generous with your time about the play against the Jets Do you have like a favorite career play whether it's you know NFL or, or college like is there a block or a catch or a, or a run that you remember that uh, you know you, you think about every once in a while and you're like yeah that, that's a great play.
2: Uh, you know uh, that, that, that that the Jets catch was probably you know the, the, the single biggest play for me uh, without question I mean you know I, I feel like I had I had some pretty good pan- pancake blocks back in the day you remember um, them? And it, especially I remember we were playing uh, the Jets at home it was a really cold wet game it wasn't snowing but it felt like it should have been because it was so cold and the wind was that's cutting through you. I think it was 88. It was
0: like a freezing rain and that's the day yeah. we won the uh, AFC Championship game. that clinched it. Fred Smirles blocked the kick, I think. That's probably the game you're talking about.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it may have been. It was it was 88 and um, anyway, so um, it may I think it was 88, it may have been 89. I can't I can't recall, but, it, but we were co- I was coming around the left side and leave, leaving the block um and I think uh, Kenny Davis was in it. it. May have been Thurman, I'm not sure. And I just this poor guy, I think his name was Humphreys. I think it was number forty eight. <laughs> and I just like just laid into him and just <laughs> this is back in the day when you could leave with your helmet, right? And oh. he, he he literally was launched and like he he landed on the back of his helmet. Oh. That's how bad that's how bad it was. And so uh, that was kinda of, that was my favorite block, but uh, obviously you couldn't get away with that
0: today. Right. I remember you're probably waiting in the film room the next day to watch it with the guys. Just, like, start sitting up in your chair, like, I know it's coming. Here we go. <laughs> <clears throat> Pete Metzelaar's Pete told us that uh, he he remembers his favorite block, and it was when Mark Gastineau made a comeback. we got a lot of Jets talk going on here today. But uh, Gastineau was making an NFL comeback, and uh, he hit him so hard. I think he said it was him and Butch Roll. That he retired the next day. (laughs) Re-retired.
2: That's
0: funny. That's too funny. So um Yeah, oh he's great. Um so it's you see it all the time now in the NFL. Guys changing their numbers all of a sudden, uh you know, the the used to be, you know, fifty-six, now he's number nine or well, all the time. But it was not very common when you played, but you did. You changed your number from thirty nine to forty one or vice versa. You remember what what was that all about?
2: Well, so forty-one was not available when I was a rookie. That okay. was my college number. Got it. And um, and yeah, that that's as simple as it was. And I think you know, during the off season of um, of ninety or going into the ninety season, I was um, I was you know I was training so hard and I was kind of looking for a refresh. So I'm like, you know what, 41's available. I'm going to grab it while I can, and and that's why that's why I changed from thirty-nine to forty-one.
1: So so Jamie, so your, your your career ends, like you said, kind of abruptly. Like what was the adjustment period for you? You know, a lot of the guys have told us, you know, that's it's, it's it, it was difficult, you know, to, to kind of give up football and, and the rush and, and, and the adrenaline and even, you know, the diet and the eating habits changed. Like what 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 did that look like for you?
2: Yeah, it was tough, man. I mean, because I wasn't ready to give up the game. I got cut when I was injured. Yeah, I, I literally just had surgery, like not like within a couple weeks. When the bills cut me, and, and you know, I, I, I don't, I don't blame anybody but the owners at the, at the time. But uh, because you know, Paulian, he was always really upfront with me, and and frankly, you know, I didn't, I didn't handle that situation as well as I could have. Um, I, I, honestly, I was just so, I was just so angry and distraught that my career could be over. That I, I, I just, I. I I just basically, um, stayed away from 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 the Bill Stadium. Mm. I'm like I'm like I'm not coming in, and I talked to Marv. I said, "Listen, if I can't be there, if I can't play and, and have a chance to play, I'm not coming in." So I didn't handle that well at all. Mm. But the transition, I wasn't. You know, I got to realize at the point when I got cut, I was probably weighing you know 200 pounds at most 205 maybe and you know, kind of dwindling um, and I wasn't ready to give it up. So I literally rehab myself with no, no, you know, physical trainers or anything. Rehab, rehab myself, built myself back up to about 225. I ran a, ran a four five. Um, it was mentioned, you know, four, four plus hundred pounds and I was, like, super strong again. back like, kind of like my college days. I felt great. And so um, I had a number of teams call me. I showed up at KU, University of Kansas, on their pro day. And they let me work out. I say, listen, Jim Miller, blah, blah, blah. I say, I want to, you know, run for the scouts and do whatever I need to do. And they're like, okay, you can do it. So I had, like, four teams reach out to me. My agent, and um, once they they realized the bills had a big, big X mark against me on the medical side,
1: hmm. they're
2: like, "Dude, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna nobody's gonna you know, take a chance on you. It's not yeah. gonna happen." So that's when I said, "Okay, it's time to move on." So and then you got that was probably an eighteen month period to get to that point, and so then it was like, "Okay." Got, got to get the, a real job in the real world, and uh, that's what I did. I started out, I got into uh, selling chemicals with a guy who used to be a Dallas Cowboy, John Nyland, and then um, I parlayed that into getting into uh, pharmaceuticals and biotech. Yeah. And that's right for the last 20-some years. Yeah,
0: no, that's great, Jamie. I can tell you're a businessman because when we when I reached out to you uh I think it was on Facebook, and then we were we were communicating by uh, email, and you're like, hey, could you send me a calendar invite? And I'm like, that's the first time I've been asked that, but uh, sure. Mike, Mike
1: Lotus, Mike Lotus didn't want an electronic calendar invite. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: no, he didn't. That's funny. <laughs> Listen, I talked to him, about, I think, about 18 months ago. He's, yeah. That's
0: funny. Yeah, no, you could tell it. And uh, likewise, too, post-career, I, I think, uh, on one of the your profiles on, on maybe it's LinkedIn, but... Uh, you know, you're you're still some, you're a much leaner version of of yourself, but uh, obviously you're doing great, and the, with the discipline and life lessons you learn in football. Like as far as what you were just saying uh, about your post career and any kind of animosity, I knew none of that. I don't think anyone ever did. You're just remembered um, in Buffalo as a blue collar lunch bucket, great fullback. Uh, you're my Uncle John Van Wicklin's favorite player, for whatever reason. Yeah, and you're, you're,
1: you're also a little bit of like a cult hero around here. Uh, a, a number of people who I told that we're going to have you on the podcast, I got a lot of, oh, I loved that guy. Yeah, A lot of those.
0: A, a Buffalo guy. Yeah, that's I was, awesome. I was at a wedding last week, and I was at a table, a friend of my, my wife's uh, teacher friend, husband, a guy named Tim Lipinski, and he was a, a season ticket holder at the time, and he had a group of like 14 of them, and he remembers... After uh, home games, where you and this is this is what he remembers: you and Shane Conlan coming to Callahan's after home games, and, and I guess that was kind of a regular thing. Do you remember that?
2: Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Well, it wasn't super regular, but yeah, we used to go there on occasion for sure.
0: Yeah, he remembers it big time. So, uh, yeah, that's that's good stuff. Um, how about your family?
2: Yeah, no, I've got three kids. Um, and they're all they're all adults now, and um, they're all doing well blessed everybody's healthy and um yeah yeah i mean everybody's
0: everybody's doing good so very blessed great. in so many ways great to hear you now, jamie um again i know you're a busy man and and uh for you to carve out time with us uh has been a lot of fun for us but i know even more for our, our bills listeners um and uh, we can't wait for them to to hear you recall your football days and what you're doing now yeah thanks a
1: lot for your time jamie
2: yeah, no problem, guys. Hey, hey you guys, not if I get get a quick plug for my uh, my product developed, I developed. Always, please. go ahead. Ed, you bet. All right, so um, trainmaximus.com dot Train. Uh, it's trainmaximus. I, I sent you a link to it. Uh, oh, okay. Cool. check it out. It's 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 a product that uh, my my son is basically taking over right now because I'm because I'm back in the industry and biotech again after developing this product. All right. They patented, but uh. It's been a cool run, and it's it's a product that's going to help a lot of people, uh, both in, in in medical world as well as athletes trying to get a leg up. So check it out.
1: Are you guys? Are, is that on like uh, Twitter and, and, and Facebook and stuff too, so I can promote it?
2: Uh yeah, I think I think I've got it set. Yeah, I'll send you the links to all those.
1: Yeah, please do. We'll yeah. we'll we'll push it out. Absolutely. That too. Guys, appreciate it. All right, take
2: appreciate care. Right. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.
0: Good stuff there with Jamie. I'm still still cracks me up to think about uh, every time we talk to someone from that era. You know, no cell phones, and when they're getting the draft call, but one payphone on his floor, and he had to guard it. That was yeah, that was crazy. It's great. It's great. Funny stuff. So hey, Josh, it's time for uh, the countries.
1: All right, um, you can so go first here, Don. I,
0: yeah, listen, I'm gonna real quick, and I know the listener has the benefit of being able to rewind. Uh, unlike well, I did too when I was trying to figure that other stuff out but here we go here are the countries that we've selected so far they are in order of uh they're grouped by continents so uh here we go hong kong israel japan kuwait philippines Qatar, vietnam bahamas canada cuba haiti honduras mexico united states england france germany italy norway poland sweden ukraine united kingdom australia
1: okay so we still uh, have plenty to go to add to many. the Apple list like of approved uh, countries for our podcast
0: maybe fifteen percent of the countries that exist so listen, I'm just gonna go uh, Amy and I went there on our honeymoon many years ago is Jamaica okay you know so what are you trying to talk about legalization of marijuana well, yeah. just
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Like did hard. you uh did you imbibe in any while you were there uh uh, no, oh, well, all right. <laughs> they had some fine cocktail drinks.
0: Okay, but uh, no, I did not. Well, have you know, when in, Ro- when in Rome, or <laughs> when, when did in Jamaica.
1: Okay, well, <laughs> dear boy, no, I didn't, uh, good, good. Uh, okay, so, all right. Wow. So when? Was, how long ago was that? That was. Uh... Sorry to put so you on the spot there. You better answer this quickly. <laughs> three years ago, <laughs> thirty-three years ago. Yeah, wow, yeah, wow. Yeah. So Jamaica is on your list. So you had Have you been back since?
0: No, I would, I would, I would love to go. It was, uh, it was a great getaway. Yep. That, that's uh, awesome. I lost my my wedding ring on the first day, though. I, I went in the pool, and it it, oh. it was a little too big, and I uh, it slipped off my finger, and it went down to the bottom of like an eight foot pool, right next to the
1: drain. I don't remember wow. I, I got it. I okay. It, but anyway. Wow. All right. Well, that's 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 a good one. I'm going to, um, I'm in, in, in honor of my mom. I, I was just looking over the country list. I did not have one really uh, picked out for today. She always loved the the alpine country of Liechtenstein, which <laughs> oh, was I the am. smallest country in Europe other than the Vatican City. Okay. It was. It's the smallest country that's not like a city. So there was like Monaco and uh, the Vatican. But Liechtenstein, for some reason, always captured her attention. She liked the name. Uh, she actually ended up going on a one of those river cruises really? in Europe uh, while she uh, was going through cancer, and she was able to go and visit uh, Austria and Germany. And I think she ended up in Liechtenstein at one. Awesome. Yeah, so so uh, it, that just caught my attention. I don't really know a, a lot about the country. I don't think well. there's necessarily a lot to know. <laughs>
0: Uh, that is a worldly pick, and what I know now is Lichtensteinians are going to get to hear our
1: podcast. Uh, yeah, I think there's like sixty-seven thousand people. In Le- I, I would be curious to know whether there was more people at there the Bills game Sunday than in, than in it's Lichtenstein. Yeah, yeah. So I, I that's, <clears> that's 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 my choice. So why don't you tell us All about right. uh, about Thursday? Okay, listen, I'm going I'm to set this up this way. Okay, and this is going to sound like I'm coming from some profound
0: football expertise, but so Josh, as you know, I'm setting up our next guest. Football players themselves are the most gifted athletes uh, in in the world, strongest, fastest. But the game is ultimately a chess match. Yes. And as you were part of the coaching staff, um, you know, like what the coaches that are there spending all day. What are they doing? They're looking,
1: watching watch film,
0: watching film. Yep. They don't take the film themselves. Nope. And it's not just film of every day's practice. It's the game. It's self-scouting. It's trying to figure out who's the best player to be in this particular play. It's looking at other tendencies. There's so much that goes into it. So there is, of course, a video department at every team. And uh, Henry Cuntu uh, is probably the – I think he has almost the longest uh, longevity – that was redundant – of any video director in the league. Okay. Uh and he is going to come on with us on Thursday. You worked with him.
1: I did. He's yeah. a really super, super nice guy. Uh I just remember how like competent he was. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the department ran really like smoothly. They always had the cut ups ready to go like immediately. Um they were real professional. I loved the the office back then because this was still in the era of the uh, videotape, mm-hmm. so that wall, that sliding wall with the cabinets where all the videotapes were from the Bills. So basically, wow. it was a library of every NFL game from I would say, oh boy, this oh, was wow. probably from 1990 all the way through 2000 was okay. on. Do you remember that, like the sliding cabinets? I don't know if i
0: ever saw it i think he, i remember you telling me about the it the
1: video bro. room was kind of like in the middle of the yes. of the hallway and it was like this open room almost like a, like a laboratory but they had these cabinets that would slide in and out in like like two, like, like two layers of them and they had every game from every team Like in order, labeled, so you could go pull up a special teams play from the Jets in 1994 Mm -hmm. if you wanted to. But this was before they digitized it all. Right. So it was literally VHS tapes. Yeah,
0: it's a lot of work. So it's crazy that he
1: went from, I'm curious to ask him, going from that era to the digital era. Yes, he's, that's a great point. I can't
0: wait to get into that with him, too. I'm I'm not going to get, you could get as technical as you want, but I'm. Again, learning from just trying to put together a stupid podcast that not stupid. Love the podcast, but the side of it, <laughs> I love. I love the talking part, but the degree of difficulty that that would be involved with that. So, but it got me thinking too, with the longevity, how many coaching staffs he's worked with, and I remember with the Bills far too often for all the years he was there, like a dozen head coaches. They all had their own staffs. Uh, I remember talking to him about training camp, which is like a month long. And at the time, he'd been like 30 training camps. And I'm like, that's 120 months. That's 10 years of your life in a, in a dorm room, a training camp.
1: Wow. <laughs> you wow. Know, you know what I mean? Thinking yeah. About it that
0: way. Yeah. But um, the coaching st- – I remember this happened to me too. Like if I would talk to someone, maybe it was you or someone, uh, friends of mine who used to work with the team – and they were a few years removed from it. And you talk, and they say, "Hey, I just talked to this coach or that coach." And I remember thinking, "Oh yeah, I, re- I remember them." But holy cow, that was like three staffs ago. Wow. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to quiz you. Okay. Go. Hit me. About I printed it off the 2000 Buffalo Bills all right, I'm in. of which you were calling. It oh, away. I think I. Who's on the staff? I'm going to I'm going to name the positions. Oh, right I, here, right I, I got okay, this. There. I got this. I got a feeling you do. This, I got this all now. Right. All right. Offensive coordinator. Joe Pendry. Okay. beautiful oh, All right. Head coach, obviously, Wade, Wade Phillips. yep. Quarterbacks coach. Turk Schonert. Running backs.
1: Uh, James. Um, oh, my goodness. He played for the Chiefs. He was a running back. Super. Go back to him. I know all his right. first name's James. I, is. I will get the last name. Okay. Wide receiver. Charlie Joyner. Hall of Famer. Yep. Wow. Tight ends. Max Bowman. All right. The guy that hired My man. I thought the next guy was your man, offensively. <laughs> <laughs> my boy, Carl. <laughs> well,
0: we're going to ask Henry about him. Yes, absolutely. All, all right. Offensive quality control. Uh, Chris Dixon. Oh my gosh. Yep. He was actually uh, a phys ed teacher. He stayed in the area at, at Lancaster. Right? Funny really? story. Yeah. I, I will Home tell you.
1: Club. I'll tell you a funny story about Chris Dixon someday. He was thrilled the very first day I came out for practice during mini camp because mm. he passed on a duty to me that he hated. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will. I will save that for All another right. time. Yeah, All right. Sounds good. All right. You, you crushed offense with, with
0: running backs. Okay. Uh, defensive, a few coaches. Though. Yeah, not, it, not defensive
1: line team. was uh, John Levra. Yes, uh, defensive coordinator, of course, was Ted Cottrell. Yep, right. linebacker uh, was Chuck Lester. It was defensive backs. Bill Bradley. Uh, he was a heck of a player too I And remember. he was a, He was a, he was very different So it's interesting The offensive guys For the most part Were really high-strung I mean, obviously Carl mm-hmm. I, I love Max But he was a real high-strung guy mm-hmm. Turk Schoner Was quiet But real kind of Like A-type yeah. The defensive guys Was the most laid-back Group of coaches okay. Ted Cottrell I mean, Could have fun In a, in a shoebox yeah. yeah. uh, John Lever Was this Really quiet The antithesis Of what you'd think A defensive line coach oh, Would be like Reed. he was real, he was short. Yeah. Like he was maybe five five, five six. Yeah. This this small man, mm-hmm. really soft spoken, like like well educated, you could tell. Absolutely the antithesis of what you'd think a defensive line coach would look like. For sure. Chuck Lester, like he played linebacker at OU. There was some debate as to the quality of his play there. Uh, but he played linebacker at OU, which he'd never f- fail to remind you of. And but he was again kind Of laid back, and then and then Bill Bradley was super quiet, like really nice guy, yeah. um, like real thoughtful. Yeah. Uh, all of the defensive guys, and I think they took on the personality of Wade. I would, yeah, except for Carl Mock, maybe he's well, but, but the, o- the offensive yeah, guys yeah, were, yeah, were yeah, just, it was just it was different. James, oh my god, that's gonna that you know what, that's gonna bother me. I want to help you out here, but we're not done. Special okay. teams. <laughs> yeah. He who shall not be named. <laughs>
0: okay. Strength and con- strength. That was Rusty. Rusty. The yep. great Rusty Jones. yeah All right. Um, and I don't know what to do here, man. I don't know where to go. Because you really did great on this. But one one last name here. Uh, give me a hint
1: or what? Give me the call? first letter. S. Mm, that helped you, man. Didn't help. James... It's not James Stevens. Oh, my... No, no. Yeah, he was a running back. He played yeah, for the Dolphins, I, I, think. He was, yeah, I, I, I sat, I sat in his office many nights while he was. I actually just, I liked talking to him. This is he, real, folks, he was the, um, he was the closest guy who had just come out of the NFL as a player. Yes, yes, and he was like the closest in age to me. All right, so I related real well to him, and I sat there many nights while he was just. Drawing defensive fronts his job. Uh, it was I, I'll get into this more some other time It was the most mundane thing on tuesday nights He would have to draw all the defensive fronts to run scout team on wednesday mm. So he'd literally every single play he'd have to draw the defensive front He would take it would take him five hours to do this. I don't think players I witnessed
0: this to a lot of players Had no idea What it really took what the commitment time was with coaching when when rex uh, I was there with rex He brought in ed reed Mm. And so I worked with him, you know, with relocation and all that. He just kept saying, I I cannot believe, he wasn't as great a player as he was, not as smart as he was, Ed Reed. Peyton Manning will always say, Ed Reed, uh, and I think Brady said this too, was like one of the smartest, most studious safeties he's ever played against, but he, he still just did not it, dig the. the and coaching it's mundane. Part of it. yeah. So
1: much of it is not glamorous. Yeah. I mean, he literally was drawing defensive fronts for mm. three, four hours. James Stock Stockman. Oh, you're so close. We'll James it Saxon. It.
0: Damn it. <laughs> you did great, man. You got to. You got an A minus. You got a. You got a ninety five. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You James, did very well.
1: James, I, this was totally uh, James Saxon. Yes. I,
0: I, I brought. I was thinking of Henry. I brought this up. You had no idea I was going to go there. It's awesome. Nice.
1: Well done. Thank you. Thank you. We will. Uh, we will talk. Uh, talk with everybody on Thursday. All right. Look forward to it. And one week later, the irrepressible Bills waited until the waning seconds to produce their third straight cardiac comeback. Here's Kelly to throw. Looking. Can't find anyone. Now he's thrown. Touchdown! Jamie Mueller!
2: Touchdown! To come up with the interception. 26 seconds. Kelly Scrabble. To the unlikely receiver, Jamie Mueller. 14-yard touchdown. Boom! Remember when you were with the Beatles? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. sure. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> Thanks.